1: Attracted by the dark, saved by the star, broke my fall. The world's gonna end tonight. Said the world. The song of a bird on eternal wings I can hear that song. The shadows I cut, safe from myself, looking in this mirror, attracted by the dark, saved by the star, broken my fall. The bright morning star.
2: Mike Jenkins on ORFM's awesome morning show. Nice to have you with us here on this Friday morning here in Ōtipōti, Dunedin. Time now to catch up with uh, the musician you've just heard, Mike Jenkins, who uh, has got an interesting and um, varied past in his involvement with uh, music. He found himself, uh, like many did, caught up in aspects of the pandemic that changed plans and well we thought we'd take an opportunity to find out just what it's like for a musician when they're out and about and find the unexpected happening Mike Jenkins joins us on the line now Moreno good to have you with us Mike
0: good thank you thanks for thanks for having me as a guest
2: Mike um, tell us your story of course uh, music for you it goes uh, some way back and of course over in England where you were predominantly you were active a little bit earlier on
0: Yes, yes. I've always uh, loved writing songs since I was about six. I started writing songs and well, you know, looking out at the waves and trying to figure out what, uh, what, you know. At six, you're looking out at the waves and wondering what's happening. And I wrote a song that I didn't write, didn't sing to anybody for years and years and years, and I still won't now because it's just like a, a six-year-old song. But it gave me uh, a way of. Uh, expressing something from inside that that, uh, made me feel better and made me do something which was um, something I enjoyed and other people eventually uh, enjoy what you do if you do it well enough or if you you give them something that they need to hear. You know, you you can around and look at things and have experiences and then put them into words and music. And then you can uh, feed it back to them in a way that they can go, yes, I didn't know how to express that.
2: So, where were you first based when you started stepping out in public with your music?
0: Oh, well, about um, it was a, it was a horrible uh, experience. I was, uh, you know, some about something like sixteen, seventeen, and it was called the Grave Digger's Arms in London, and it was full of people that didn't really weren't really interested in music and weren't really interested in uh, just 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 interested in drinking and and escaping, but. Uh, the first live live gig I had, and uh, the manager came up halfway through and said, um, in a very very strong Irish accent, "Could you play without the amplifiers?" <laughs> so it was like it was a message to say that he wasn't really enjoying it. But uh, you know, then I went on a tour to Sicily with a band. And uh, we, got, we broke down many times and got robbed and fired. And, uh, you know, and eventually I met a guy called Scott, who was an American guy in a, in a, in a bar in Germany. We started writing songs and I got, you know, we managed to get, he was a very good songwriter. So we got to, got into sort of EMI music and was able to get into some of the bigger places and uh, then start to sort of do recordings did it work with a guy from Abbey Road who was used to work with the Beatles and and Pink Floyd, and he was a very like a character sort of guy. But uh, he he was able to help us through those hoops without being sold out to the, the system and the and the, the the people that want you to do the what you do for them, not for yourself or for other people. They just want to make money out of what you do and and suffocate what you've got to say. But that's another agenda. But basically. um uh, I went to went went to America. Got some some other bits and pieces together. Nearly deals, nearly deals, nearly deals. But then, in the end, I just got in an ambulance and, and just started to travel and play and not worry about you know, deals or managers. And uh, ever since I did that, I got to I I, I had a conversion experience in um, in Amsterdam when I was about 23 when uh, I was fighting with drugs and other stuff, and God turned up on the scene and said, okay, know, do you want to continue your life like this, or do you want to carry on with more hope and more joy and more fun? So I decided to do that. And so the message has changed from hopelessness, rebellion, and anger to love, hope, and joy. And uh, Jesus is in there, but not too religiously.
2: So the music took you all over the place, and eventually uh, to Australia. Uh, towards uh, well, it was in nineteen eighty-eight. You shifted there. What was the attraction to Australia?
0: Um, I think it was that uh, I bought it. I went. I didn't have any. I uh, didn't have much money, so I went to the airlines, and uh, they said they had a multi-stop-off ticket on China Airlines for about four or five destinations. And I just really wanted to get out to, to see places I hadn't seen before. So China Airlines took me to, to you know china and and uh, australia and and uh, hong kong and places that i hadn't seen before but i didn't have any money when i got off so i had to smile at the immigration people and say that i'd just coming in for a holiday but then got off and tried to have to survive for however many weeks or months on uh, playing on the streets or trying to um figure out what to what, how to process you know from there then went to australia and uh managed to get on the tv it was like a Program that was called Hey Hey Saturday, which was like a, quite a funny program back uh, in twenty years ago, and um, I got gonged by Donny Osmond, which was a bit of a shameful thing to
2: do. <laughs> well, it's it's something you can add to uh, to an interesting yeah. and varied list of achievements, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, it gets you noticed anyway, you <laughs> know.
2: And uh, I, I continued to make music during that period, and um, but eventually it was New Zealand, uh, and that came about how in 2005?
0: Um, well, I, I dropped in um, after Fiji, I dropped into, into New Zealand, managed to do a radio program in um, Hamilton with, with Jim Mora, who's a, a really good DJ, and he was just very open and very free. And a few people phoned to say, could you come and play different places? So I went down to uh, Dunedin, eventually, uh, Christchurch in Dunedin, and I met uh, a girl and Got married and uh, ended up having three kids on the beach down in Dunedin, and that has been my centre of operations for the past 14 years now. It's like uh, learning how to have, learning how to be a father, learning how to uh, to be a husband uh, and a musician in one town, which is difficult to you know because you can't move and travel as much as you used to. I, I I can't, but but now I'm getting the kids are getting a bit older. I can have a bit more time to get out and do stuff. So I went to Australia about a month ago and, and had a trip, um, uh, in a, in a juicy van going around America, uh, going around Australia to up all the way up to Darwin and got locked down into, into, uh, like, uh, police areas where you couldn't leave a certain territory because you had been in a certain other territory. And I mean, the, the COVID thing really has made it really difficult to travel and, uh, for musicians especially because no one was allowed to be there with you in, in the venue and you can't really do Zoom things as a musician properly because it just doesn't have the same atmosphere.
2: So the uh, the trip to Australia, um, the, this this recent one you're talking about, was that just an opportunity to, were you getting a bit itchy to get back out on the road and experience a little bit of what you'd experienced earlier in life?
0: I've was itching all, I mean, been itching all the time but sometimes you just can't scratch that itch. you just got to say look this is fatherhood and responsibility and, um, you know, getting up in the morning and doing a job every day because you've got to earn money. Because mon- and musicians are one of the worst paid people in the world and, and artists, apart from the top one or so percent that earn all the money. The, the others don't earn anything because they're just saying what they think at the at the lower levels and they're being shut down by commerce and money and Pentecola and all the other stuff. Is like, you know, you've got to sing this stuff in order to make money for us and it's the whole, the whole system is going round and round in circles, but we are the ones at the bottom of the pile trying to earn money for everybody else. I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I'm probably an idealist, really, a Christian idealist.
2: <laughs> well, you found yourself uh, in lockdown unexpectedly, but even out of those situations, uh, interesting ones arise. You still had an opportunity to, uh, I guess, make the most of the opportunity that was presented to you.
0: Well, um, every time anything sort of difficult happens, you can only you can either just lay in bed and and uh, not do anything and sulk, or you can try to figure out how to make something good of it. You know how to, if someone kicks you back the back of your chair, try to figure out how to sort of move forward a bit. You know, so you go, okay, well I can actually move out of his way, or I can get a better view, or. You know, the, the whole thing is the whole thing of life is about trying to turn it over. So that you make rubbish into great treasure. I mean, you know, we, we get presented with a beautiful earth with all the stuff that uh, we can produce good things. And often, because of our attitudes, we turn it turn it around and make it into miserable things because of just wanting to see what happens. You know, the, the, the fight between the dark and the light is exciting. You know, it's like that's what a lot of people enjoy, the fight rather than the answer and the and the, the, the remedy.
2: How was... Think, sorry, yes, no, go on.
0: Once you get bitten by a snake, you don't want to get bitten by a snake anymore. You don't think, I've done that. Thank you. I, I, I don't need to get bitten by a, a cobra anymore to know that it hurts and it, and it could be death. So I'll just move around that, that cobra's nest and go to somewhere else. And that's a lion, so I know I'll respect him. And that's... Uh, that's drugs, and that's this, and that's anger, and that's violence, and so. But but then, and then you can't sit there in a bubble. You have to really live. But you've got to live. The only person you can control is yourself. So basically, you if you're in a situation where you need to to be with other people, you can't control them. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. You have to control yourself and try to bring yourself awareness of how you process life what songs you sit what songs you write what things you listen to what movies you go and see what food you eat what drugs you take it's all about you know the things that come in through to you but what comes out of your mouth and out of your life is what affects other people and to me to, to, to write songs that take in all the stuff rubbish and treasure uh, put pushes it out in a way that people go yes I can do that yes I can. Uh, you know you can encourage people to do better or you can some people just say, I don't like that song because it's sort of, it's nothing. It doesn't do anything for me because it's not the right style. Or, but it's just the message in there is to tell you to, uh, to get up in the morning and have some hope and be friends with your wife or your neighbor or, and not just to be a nameless, faceless person that doesn't mind anything that happens. You've got to say something, but in the end, it helps to turn life over, turn earth over in other people's lives when they watch you. These films have become a way... To just make people worse, they, all, they, all they're doing is watching violence and anger and and sex and vi- you know all the stuff that, that makes them sick, rather than looking at stories of people's lives that have gone better, you know, and that have overcome troubles, which is the main message of the Bible is like you know you've got to overcome the problems and the troubles.
2: Mike, what does musical life look like for you now?
0: Um, it's it's um, it's trying to write what happening now rather than rest on the laurels of your past. You know, if you had a good song, you know, before people want to hear the good song, the old songs. But uh, it's like trying to tell uh, an Aborigine to write, to, to, to paint a picture of something that you want rather than the picture that he wants to do. You know, like they have their own style and their own way of, 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 uh, of uh, producing. And uh, it's trying to get what's real inside you rather than what people want. And, and when it's something of an experience you've gone through, putting that into words that it's acceptable to other people. I mean, it, I can't write songs about nappies and, and, uh, you know, the things that are, you know, the more mundane things of life, but within there, you can talk about your bringing sons up and trying to figure out how they work and how better to, to, to deal with that. And that's just a life story. And you can write that into a song and, uh, some people understand it. Some people have got no e- time, even just to listen to it, and so so they shouldn't. I mean, you know, you don't have to command people's attention. But it's, if somebody wants some answers, they go and read your book or listen to your music, and they get a, a, a glean an idea of how you've got to where you've got to.
2: What about performance That's... opportunities? Uh, are people able to see you in performance these days?
0: Uh, I've got one gig in uh, Barb. In on the at the end of this month on the thirtieth. So if anybody wants to come, they're very welcome. I mean it's a nominal five five dollars on the door, but I don't even care about that, you know, because no one's really going to get paid for for doing anything. But it's just a, a gathering of musicians, people, anybody. Uh, There's a guy coming to make to to make some or to make a film? I mean it, what what it's called is called the the hoil Hoyle, collective Hoyle means in Welsh, it's like a Welsh uh, zeal. It's like a, the, the the rugby the rugby players have hoil, which which gets them up and gets them fighting to do the right stuff. I mean, it's a word that is it's very hard to spell. H W Y L. And I had this idea because my dad was Welsh and he was just was to talk about the hoyle and how they used to sing together in the rush the rugby matches. So I've got this idea called a hoyle collective. That uh, anybody who wants to come and play. Um, just for the right reasons of being able to express themselves or play without uh, too much money and ideas. I mean, the the original idea of Apple Music with Beatles, where people could try and get a a little bit of a hand up to uh, to try and let their music be heard. But it's difficult when no clubs or pubs want any... that hasn't got music to please their hunters. So if, if, if I can actually open the door for maybe two or three acts uh, every so so often, every once every half a year or whatever, then at least I can actually open the door to people that haven't got a place to play. Like I've got lots of songs, but if they if you're playing lots of songs that people don't know, it can be quite you know it quite be, it can be quite intense because they don't know any of the songs, they don't know any they don't know you because you haven't been able to play regularly. So it's just a question of getting people used to you and then get used to each other, and then they can. Get together and uh, play together in, in as a sort of collective idea.
2: Alright, so, so that opportunity but, is, is at Bark on the 30th is that right?
0: Yes, the 30th of this month and it's called, I'm called the ambulance, I'm calling myself the ambulance man because I used to live in an ambulance for many years and uh, it was a big yellow Austin 1966 and was very, very much of a, a, a part of me at that time so it, it's taken over from me having to be a Uh, a personality.
2: All right. Well, we're going to go out now, uh, Mike, with a a track. It's back from 2005. It's called Crying in the Sunshine. What can you tell us about this?
0: Uh, Living in a a VW van in in, uh, America, in uh, California, um, uh, uh, stripping people's wallpaper in the daytime, getting so covered with goo and not being able to shower it off. And then when I'd sleep in the, the van at night, I'd sweat, and then the the blankets would stick to me. So that was the, that was the like sitting in the van at nighttime, trying to write songs and figure out, crying in the sunshine. Of like, you know, basically, I was not. I was living in a beautiful place in the sunshine, but I was struggling with living in a van and just getting stuck to the to the to the bed.
2: Yeah, well, so let's uh, let's take a listen, um, Mike Jenkins. Thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on the Awesome Morning Show. Go well.
0: Great. Thank you, Anne. thank you, Jeff, for letting me in.
1: the sunshine, air-conditioned rain. Lying in my lamplight, watching television paint. Paper dollar drama, I deal in every shot. Accustomed to my habits. Watching in the water, blood on my hands Watching executioner of this innocent man Paper dollar drama, I deal in every shot Accustomed to my habits, fall Missing race relations And shopping in your store Paper dollar drama I deal in every shop Accustomed to my habit For
2: 105.4 FM Dunedin.
0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.